Guess what? I'm moving country again. I don't know. Maybe a year. Maybe more. Where's home? Home's everywhere. I'm an expat. Hello, I'm Pauline. Welcome to a new episode of Meet the Expats. Today I am with Bastien, a French pilot who grew up abroad as a child in Burkina Faso and Morocco before flying off, literally, to live his own life abroad as a pilot in Canada, Botswana, and most recently in the Maldives. Hi, Bastien. How are you? Hi, Pauline. I'm amazing. How about you? I'm good. Thank you for joining the podcast. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs> and congratulations, as you get to be the first man on this podcast. Oh, is... <laughs> That's an honor. It was about time we heard about Guy's feedback also. And I can't wait to hear all about the planes and your life in the Maldives. Yeah. Before we jump into that part, I want to start a little bit with your unusual childhood. So you mentioned that when you were younger, you moved to both Burkina Faso and Morocco. So how how was that? Yeah, so that's right. Uh, when I was five years old, my parents divorced and my mom decided to go abroad for experience, for better lifestyle, better quality of life. So she take her three kids, so my grand sister and my younger brother in wow. Burkina Faso. So I was uh, I was five years old. So I spent uh, three years there. Big change, I yeah. can imagine. No, that that was pretty tough the first year, but then you get used to it, and and it's become amazing. What was what was difficult at that age for you? I think the fact, well, first the divorce. Uh, yeah, but we, we're not course. gonna go into psychotherapy right now, right? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but more the, the adaptation and you know you take a kid with uh with marks in france and you bring it mm. somewhere completely different it's you you kind of feel lost i guess yeah the culture is very different i can imagine yes, definitely yeah Every, everything is different the the people climate food yeah everything and the school were you the french school yeah, uh, so yeah. my mom is a math teacher, so she's te okay. she's uh, teaching in French school. Okay. Having uh, been in a French school abroad, I feel, especially in Africa, I feel they're much more international than in France was the case for you also? Yes, well, it's called a French school, but basically you have all nationalities in the school. I think in, in Burkina Faso, there was like, over 100 different nationalities. That's amazing. In the school, yeah. Including also uh, Burkina Bay, so local people can join the right. school. Okay, pretty impressive, yeah. Mm. So after Burkina Faso, you moved back to France? Yes, so we stayed three years in Burkina Faso and my mom got sick, so we had to get repatriated to France. So tough it was one. kind of, a, yeah, another tough one because it was unexpected. And just mm. as you start becoming used to the country, getting marks again, having new friends, getting used to the country, you move again. Yeah. And you move in France. It was at uh, in a small town in France. 
I joined like in not in midterm, but you know when people know each other already, and you come from yeah. Africa, they don't understand even where Africa is. They think mm-hmm. it's still like a, I, I was living in a shelter or something like this. It's completely unknown. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I had some uh, some good racist uh, reflections. Ugh, like, I, yeah, I can imagine. I I think it's maybe the age. Oh, I was young. Yeah, I was like uh, 14, I think. No, yeah. not even. 10, 10, 10 year old. 10? Yeah, 10, yeah something oh, wow. around 10. So really young. Yeah, okay. So it wasn't teenager yet. So I know depending on the age, there is this thing where the kids also have their groups. And if you don't fit into a clear group, like the geeks or the cool kids or whatever, it's even more difficult to to settle in and to be understood where we have really clear clear marks and we're still trying to shape each other yeah yeah definitely so what did you what did you love in Burkina Faso and did you keep as an experience from from there later on Mm, good question I think it was the I I'll take it as the first step of uh, yeah. of my expatriation life. Like without that, uh, nothing would have happened. If I if my mom never took us to this country, I will never have uh, known the opportunities there was yeah. in the world. Like to go everywhere you want, basically. Like not having the fear to to move somewhere else. Yeah, it's funny that you talk about the fear. I think it's the first time that that word actually comes out but it's true there there is this unknown and of course you you need to come over get over that fear uh, to to actually take the step yeah i think that's why most people don't go they just fear yeah. to leave everything behind and fear to start again which is it's exactly that it's a new start each time you change country just the fact to know where to do your grocery shopping yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, that comes out. Yeah, it, it could be simple, but when you have your habits, you lived in a country, you know all the supermarket, the name of the supermarket, what you can find in the supermarket. And then you go in different country and it's completely different. Yeah, product, especially you, the changes you made. I know I mean, in terms of products, it's completely different. I guess organization is, is also um, in terms of lifestyle, how how different was it? In Burkina Faso? Yeah. I was quite young, so I don't think I could compare. Mm. I would say yeah. it was pretty similar. Uh, okay. Living mostly in an expatriate environment with my mom. I would say pretty similar. A normal childhood then. If we can stay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. All right. And so after that, high school in Morocco. Yeah, so I did my uh, my high school in France. Well, the, um, you, the the English system is quite different. So I think it's high school in French, which we call college, right? Um, part of it, yeah. And then I moved to... Uh, Morocco with my mom again because she get uh, she get better and she asked for another contract abroad. Uh, so I did my uh, the end of the high school in college in uh, in Morocco. Okay. The end of high school in Morocco. Yeah. 
So when you turn like 16, 17, 18. Yeah, so the real teen, uh, yeah. teenager. When, when you discover life. <laughs> so how did that go? Well, same. I, I'll say the same. Uh, it's the same. The first year is really difficult. And same again, you go in a country where the the mentalities are different, the way to study is different, the way mm. to live is different, the, the autonomy you get is different. What do you, what do you mean around autonomy? Uh, like, for example, in uh, in Morocco, I was really free to go wherever I want. I could just take a taxi right. and the taxi will take you everywhere. I could take the train, the bus, everything so, like the the moving around was way easier and okay. the parents were letting people letting the their child just go and explore further that's the feeling i have of morocco was it because it's just a safer country versus burkina faso in that way or just that transport is much easier i think burkina faso would have been the same if i was older older okay but i guess transportation and yeah age i was right and where which city in morocco were you in it was a small city between rabat and casablanca called uh, mohamedia like a nice uh, beach city we were living five minutes walking from the beach oh that's nice <laughs> yeah, especially when you're in high school <laughs> yes <laughs> what would be a bit of the good memories that you keep from um, from that part of your life. Well, probably the the barbecue on the beach, definitely. Then, as as we just talked about that, the high school and the teenager on the beach, that was that. And uh, yeah, friends. I, I'll say you make a lot of friends and you just party. Yeah, the age so, where you start to really keep your friends. Yeah. You, you party, you go to each other places, you go to the beach, and at the end, you don't study much. <laughs> <laughs> Who does, anyway? <laughs> yeah, we don't need that anymore. So, a few years later, once graduated and, and all, you were saying you took off yourself and went off to Canada to become a pilot. Can you tell me a bit more about how how this came up and the process around this this dream? Yeah, so um, since I'm young and when my when I first moved with my mom, I spent all a lot of time in the planes. Yeah. Imagine back and forth. So I always wanted to. I, I was always in the cockpit with the pilots, with the with the hairstyles. They were taking <laughs> me on layovers. Like for Burkina Faso, we have a stop in uh, in Ivory Coast where the plane will stay mm -hmm. like two three hours, and passenger will stay in the plane while it was refueling. And I was allowed to go out of the aircraft with the hostess. Oh, wow. And, pretty and, cool. And they took me shopping and then I was back in the aircraft and I just stay in the cockpit. And so I get used to that really, <laughs> really young. And my dad was also a, a pilot, just like a leisure pilot, just for fun. Okay. And so he took me from really young. Like I, I used to sleep in the aircraft. <laughs> I, I still do. Oh, no. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, who knows? <laughs> yeah. 
And uh, yeah, so that, that's why I, I kind of always wanted to, to be a pilot since, since I'm, I'm young. That's a, a yeah, childhood dream job. Yeah. So when I was in, uh, in Morocco, one of the colleagues of my mom said, hey, you can go in Canada, do your studies. There is job after, because the problem was in France. There was no, no job for pilots at the time. Okay. And he said, my son is in Canada, he's an instructor, so you can go there, he can teach you, and then you can find a job like him and, and do your career in Canada because it's uh, lifestyle is better, career is better there. So so I talked to my mom about that and she said, yeah, let's go. Let's, uh, let's do that. And here I went, Canada. So first uh, expatriation country uh, on my own. On your own, yeah. And definitely you were older you had lived more experiences and obviously you had traveled a lot with your with your mother before but what feeling did you have when you had this first expatriation and this time it was you on your own doing it i'll say a good start a good start yeah a feeling like i'm doing things on my own yeah and and in the continuity of my life already like for me it, it it was kind of natural to go somewhere else mm. not stay in france okay yeah your mother had definitely given you the travel bug i guess yeah so a lot of excitement definitely and did you know anything about canada before not at all like no. basic cliche it was cold there was caribou <laughs> and uh, <laughs> maple syrup <laughs> exactly that's pretty much it what what surprises me a lot uh, with these different interviews is the number of people who tell me they move to a country and when they move is actually the first time they step foot in the country was it the case for you also yeah no yeah that's true especially when it's destination that far mm. you can't really go and visit and say oh i would i would sure. like to stay here otherwise <laughs> basically each time you go on holiday you would want to move definitely to a country also. well that happens often to me at least <laughs> like you first go on holiday and then you decide to move there no but i go on holiday and i think oh i could see myself living here that doesn't mean i take the step oh, to do yeah. it but, oh, uh, everywhere yeah then <laughs> So, yeah, you felt free, independent, and you were doing this for, for yourself and still in continuity then. Yeah, and something I, I wanted to do. like Yeah, also for... Studying, like, to become a pilot. Pretty amazing that you can um, make your dream come true. Mm, yeah, yeah, I, I feel lucky about that. Well, first of all, how did that pilot, uh, how did those studies go and the whole settling down in Canada that was really good because I end up in a in a school where it's 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 quite free like you do your your exams and flying and flight tests as much as you want or you can there is no schedule to do it so okay. basically you can take one year to finish all the training or five years if you want Oh wow, that is very flexible. So it yeah, it's really relaxed. So that that was good. So it left a lot of time also to explore a bit and if the weather is not good, you can do something else. So that was great. And you're not the same doing in this situation. There is a lot of expatriate also 
that come to the school and do the training in Canada. So you can end up in the same environment, people that are in the same uh, same situation as you. So yeah, make, so making friends for life. And that probably made the settling down easier, I guess. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's uh, it's mostly the people you meet and the relation you have with people that make the place great. Mm. I don't know yeah. if you, you agree on that. I think it definitely does play a lot for me. I need a social circle to to feel completely at home. But I think sometimes there's also a piece around maybe the culture, the housing um, to settle my mind at some point. But I, I was chatting to a friend this morning who was telling he's about to move next week and was saying, as long as he has friends, he can live anywhere. He doesn't mind. He feels home straight away. I know I need a bit more time and friends to actually settle down. I need my habits around we are talking about the grocery or mm-hmm. places to go for restaurants or cafes, things like that. I, I need a little bit of a a comfort and habits before I feel I've settled. Okay. So for you, social life mainly. Maybe more, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's when you make your your social circle that you start enjoying better. Yeah. So how long in Canada? So I spent three years in Canada. Wow. So three years, you probably had a lot of time to explore and. Not, down, not as much as I want, as I want it. The fact is, I did the training in a bit more than a year. Okay. So it was pretty intensive. I didn't have time to go in much places. Just, just around Montreal, like Quebec or the Laurentides in the north, or maybe Toronto. I went. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not that far compared to what there is to explore in Canada. And then I start right away to to work as a flight instructor there. Oh, you did flight instructor. Okay. Yeah, yeah that was my first job in the school I study. Kind Pretty of handy. the system, how the how the system works. So most most pilots get the diploma and then start teaching also? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the that's that's how it's work. To to build hours, to build experience before company hired you. Okay. So when I was working, it was kind of a full-time job. I was just flying when it was good time, doing ground instruction when it was bad uh, bad weather. Yeah. And it was like a 200% few time every single day, like no day rest at all. Yeah. Because even when you're not flying, not doing ground time, you have to supervise your students that go flying. Right. You need to make sure they come back safe. Of course. So I never had holidays where I could go far. And each time I was saying, yeah, later I will go. Uh, when I'm in the company, I got proper holiday. Then I can go explore somewhere else. Mm. And how did you manage with having your... Your family back in, I don't know if it was Morocco or, or France, if you had little holidays. I was still managing to go back home once a year. That's pretty decent. Yeah, Yeah, that's the minimum you should do as an expat. Hmm. You need to find the time to go back once a year. Otherwise, you just turn crazy. Yeah. 
completely understand. <laughs> I did try not going back home for two years and I that's almost tough. lose my mind. Yeah, that's not yeah. possible. That's very, it is very long. But I know that the difficulty, depending on the jobs, is sometimes you don't always want to spend all your holidays on family time. You also want to spend your, your holidays on holiday time. When you're able to do combine with work from home, it's a bit easier. But I guess um, being a pilot, that's not always possible. Mm. So it is striking that balance. Does the struggle of being an expat also when you mm. go abroad and you have a holiday? You have to choose between spending time in your country exploring or going back to see your family. Yeah. So finally, you're not visiting that much the country where you live in. So what made you move on after Canada? You did Botswana and then eventually the Maldives. Yeah. yeah for Canada, it's immigration. I failed ah. the immigration. Oh, no. What are, what was the tough question that didn't go? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it, As a flight instructor, I was a um, freelance worker. And to get an uh, immigration paper, you need to have kind of a const... Uh, how do you say full that? Full-time. Yeah, yeah, kind of this kind of job, full-time job hired by a company. Right, yeah, and sponsored, uh, sponsored visa then. Yeah, but to get that... You need to have, like, to get into a company, you get to have a, a proper immigration status. So then you, okay. you turn around and you cannot get any of the two. So at the end, you, you just leave. So that's why also I went to Africa, which was one of my goals as a pilot to fly in Africa. Because I lived in Africa, really? in Burkina Faso and Morocco. So when I did my my studies, I say, oh, yeah, I want to go back in Africa to fly. To fly for the views, to fly for the culture, both? Yeah, I, I've, I guess both of it. Yeah, just just being in Africa, because when you get the, the virus of Africa, you just want to go back there. <laughs> What's in the virus that keeps you, well, that made you want to go back to Africa? Uh, the, the the place just the the easy lifestyle the the easier way of life mm. uh, yeah, yeah there's the, a bit of relax the simplicity of life and uh, yeah I, i'll say mostly that maybe also a bit the weather it's, it's a bit yeah. warmer <laughs> slightly than canada <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i think something that struck me in africa is really this the smile on kids faces i don't know they have this light in their in their eyes and the smile that you feel that anything makes them happy. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are more happy, I think. Mm. Yeah, you can see that. Yeah. So I moved. Uh, I decided to okay. I cannot stay in Canada, so let's go to Africa. Which I think I would never have done if I if I if I was staying in Canada. If I had to stay in Canada, I will. Just do all my career in Canada and never move again. Do you think you'd still be there? I think so, yes. Yeah. What did you enjoy so much in Canada to say, oh, I might have done my whole life there? The I think the career progression was quite good. Okay. And uh, the and the, the bush flying also. I was set up to, to fly in the north of Quebec. Mm. All this, yeah, all the all the I would say all the opportunities in aviation. Okay, so mainly, mainly work. Yes. But work also made you 
leave in a way. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 It's funny. A lot of French who moved to Canada never came back. They are not settled down there. They say if you can spend one winter in Canada, you'll stay the rest of your life. Okay. And so how do you survive one winter in Canada? Hardly. <laughs> it's uh it is really hard it is it's a six month winter oh that is long yes yes it is and uh <laughs> and when it starts to be like march april and you think it's the end you have another 40 centimeters of snow falling oh, yeah. and you're like ah oh. it's, it's still not over <laughs> yeah it's quite hard but then the summers or exceptional, I think, because people cannot do as much as they want in winter. In summer, they, mm. it's just like freedom and festivals everywhere, every day in the street. Yeah, outdoorsy. You know, that's... Uh, so uh, it was Montreal, and that was a really pleasant city to, to stay. Like a okay. lot of cultural activities and restaurants, bars, nightclubs, and everything, everything to make okay. a happy life. Wow. Okay, then. Let's fast forward a little bit and how you end up in the Maldives, which is quite an original place to live. I mean, we all hear about the Maldives for honeymoons and holidays, but uh, rarely as someone actually living there. (laughs) Yeah, uh, that's uh, that's a holiday place. Like the the economic the country is based mostly on tourism, fishing and tourism. Fishing also, okay. There is a uh, one thousand two hundred islands. Wow. And a bit more than hundred of them are just resorts. When on the island, you just have your resort. Okay. Yeah, it's a one resort per island. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So you feel like you're alone in the world, and it's quite <laughs> no neighbors. Yeah, exactly. And so, what type of, yeah, what type of piloting or routes would you would you do there? So it was a resort transfers. So I took mm. tourists from the international airport when they land. I took them with a, a seaplane. It's a plane that take off and land in the water. Oh, cool! So it's amazing, and you just drop them on the island on a seaplane like in the water there is no airport wow and so in canada what you had you already trained to fly seaplanes yes i did my seaplane training in canada and first takeoff i did on the seaplane i was like oh yeah that's what i want to do aha okay so you already knew (laughs) yeah like bush flying seaplane that that's what is is exciting and then in a re- i was reading a magazine in canada and there was a, an article about this maldive operation which is the mm. best the, the the biggest seaplane operator in the world okay uh, they they have like an i think like 50 something aircraft just seaplanes that's quite huge and there was this article about this pilot flying barefoot <laughs> and going to stay in this resort and flying in the Maldives and jumping in the water directly from the aircraft. And I was like, ah, okay, that's what I want to do. 
the dream life. Well, yeah. you fulfilled a lot of your dreams. That is pretty <laughs> crazy. I'm, I'm very jealous. <laughs> I still have plenty to go. <laughs> okay. Well, good. <laughs> yeah, that, that was pretty much it. My, uh, my career goals, like flying in Africa okay. and flying in the Maldives. Pretty cool. <laughs> then I got one more to, to do, but maybe it will take a few more years. What, what is it? It's uh, flying private jets. Ah. Yeah, changing a bit. Different lifestyle. Exactly. Yeah, completely different. And what is the lifestyle in in the Maldives when you live there on a day to day? So it was a lot of work, mostly routine work. Like you wake up, you go fly. Sometimes you stay overnight in the resort. So you have like nice food and a nice room uh, where you can stay the night and you come back. So you do that five days a week. So that's okay. pretty much the routine. And the weekend I was just going surfing in an island. Yeah. So that's good lifestyle. Oh yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> and it's really relaxed. Like it's, it's slow. Mm, island but life. Exactly. I think that's all that, that's, that's uh, some, some it up. It's, it's island life. People are really relaxed, no stress, taking the time and, that's all. Right. And in terms of, I don't know, maybe culture of the locals, I know what, I don't even know what language they speak. They speak Divehi. Okay. So it's, uh, us, oh, I, I, I don't want to say anything wrong. <laughs> it's kind of a, a mix between India, Sri Lanka. It's, it's, right. a, it's their own language give maybe like a, an aspect of it yeah they speak divehi and and that's a really hard language to learn i i did try but it's, it's not possible um, complicated <laughs> and culturally i was a bit afraid at yeah. the beginning because as you know maldives they don't have a really brilliant reputation in france Regarding what? Regarding the the culture, they they say it's a Muslim country. There is the Sharia. There is a lot okay. of things like that. It's really restrictive. There is no press freedom and everything. And did you feel that? Not at all. You go there and it's it's completely different. People are open minded in every aspect. I could speak religion with them. I could speak politic. I could speak a lot of subjects. Oh, wow. And they just open, they're friendly, they... That's quite amazing, yeah. So, why do you think France has this vision of Maldives that is a bit in um, contradiction? I don't know. I actually don't know why. I spoke with a, a journalist who was in holiday in Maldives, and we were surfing, and I asked her, like, you from the press, and mm. what do you think about the, the press friends do about Maldives and she told me well they did a really bad job really bad job and and she didn't know why also and she loved Maldives and she came like every year in the Maldives yeah. so it's a beautiful country like yeah, people people yeah. are amazing the country is great you you can go you can go trust yeah me. oh yeah I, I would love to go <laughs> you don't need to convince me um, but yeah i'm surprised about this this bad press that it may have i've, I've always more heard about maldives as 
more of a beachy yeah apart from going to the beach that there's not much to do in terms of just culture on the side uh visiting tourism apart from snorkeling diving and surfing yeah but other than that i don't really had to have the vision around a closed country or anything it's quite changed so maldive used to be only a lot of tourists in the resorts that's yeah. why you have this concept one island one resort yeah but a few years ago they opened uh, the local islands to have guest house Okay. So here comes the cultural aspect. Now, if you want, you can travel in the Maldives on a local island, on a guest and house. And meet locals and not be in your closed resort. Exactly, yeah. And, mm. and you live more like a local life. You go eat in the local restaurants and, and it, it's nice. You learn more. And so what do you eat in local restaurants? There is a... So the, the food is mostly tuna and okay. coconuts and fish. yeah fish <laughs> so they have a lot of different dishes that combine this food nice. there is one breakfast called masuni mm-hmm. it's uh, tuna with coconuts that's all for breakfast yeah for breakfast it's amazing it, it just gives you energy for the whole day okay um not sure how i feel about eating fish yet for breakfast but i mean why not you'll try that when you'll go <laughs> I will uh, when I get paid again <laughs> yeah that's the problem but just for the, the price it's uh, well people think that it's really expensive to travel in Maldives but now with the, the local islands it's getting way cheaper yeah. and you can really travel in the Maldives have the same beaches as the resorts hmm. for like quarter of the price so okay. it's it's not that expensive. So once I figured out the flight there, everything's okay. Yeah, yeah. You can go by okay. boat also. It, it might, take might a bit be longer, a bit longer. But... <laughs> you have time, right? I have time right now. <laughs> Hopefully not too much, but yeah. <laughs> so talking about food, what would be a restaurant that you would recommend? I always ask my guests for one restaurant, one bar, and one spot or carte blanche of your choice. The restaurant will be a restaurant in a resort. Uh, the okay. resort is Vacaru, which nice. means uh, wood in English, because all the resort is made in really nice wood everywhere. It's beautiful. They have four restaurants in the island, and okay. I had the yeah. I had the chance to eat in three of them, and each time it's fabulous. There is a sushi bar, like oh. on the jetty, so you're eating the most delicious sushi you ever eating, just looking at the sunset and the wave, and and then there is a buffet where there is a choice of food, like enormous choice of food, but it's not opulent. It's like the right mix between the the choice and the opulence it's 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 amazing and the quality of it is is also really great and then you have also an italian restaurant there not very local no 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 in the resort you don't have a you have local food but you you have a food really from everywhere hmm. like you can have indian food european food you have meat fish everything like you're in holiday you want to eat right yeah, of course. <laughs> and, and so the food was good. And also, we are staff when we go in the resorts. Yeah. 
we are treated really well and always felt welcome there. So that was oh, it. That's nice. It's nice, yeah. Okay. Mm. And what about a bar? So bar in Maldives is a bit difficult because it's a Muslim country and alcohol is banned on all the local islands. So you okay. have absolutely no right to drink alcohol. Mm -hmm. uh, you have only one bar in the old Malay, so in the capital where you're allowed to drink alcohol, it's at the, the hotel airport. Ah, right. <laughs> where I don't go because I don't like. But the bar yeah, I'm going to yeah. talk about is because you're not allowed to drink in the island, in the local island, for tourists, what they do, they, they have boats that are just maybe 500 meters from the islands where you can go and have a drink there. So you're in international waters? Yes, uh, <laughs> Maldives, but you know, you're in the water, so the rules doesn't really apply. <laughs> and here you can go, you can have a drink on the boat, and when you have enough drinks, you can just jump out of the boat in the water, like it's uh, yeah. maybe 10 meters fall in the water, and then you can swim with the mantas. Oh, wow. So that, that's quite a nice bar. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you'll send me the name and I'll link them in in the description. <laughs> Definitely. There is a in in every local island you have this kind of uh, of bar boat. Okay. Bit of the adventure of the island, uh, prohibition bars. <laughs> and what would be your carte blanche? I would say the place where I was going every weekend. So it's a local island, which is 30 minute transfer on the speedboat from the capital. Mm -hmm. So every Friday when I finished my work, I was jumping on the boat and spend my weekend there in the island, just surfing and doing nothing. What's the name of this island? It's called toulouse Du. Okay. And what, what was so special about it? The, the feeling, the feeling of, the peacefulness, it's really quiet. The street, it's a sandy street. Mm -hmm. You have not much vehicle. You can just go to the beach. And it's a, it's a surfer island. So you have this okay. nice uh, surf vibe. Wow. Yeah, that was a really pleasant. And each time you go there, you feel you feel in holiday, really. <laughs> Even if That's good on weekends. <laughs> exactly. That's what you need to, to restart the batteries. <laughs> Okay. So before I wrap up, uh, there's one last question I ask everyone is, is there a song that sort of represents either your entire journeys or one in specific? I would say Emmenez-moi de Charles Aznavour. <laughs> Why is that? It's just the the, the the feeling this song gave me like each time I listen to it I got chills and and it's beautiful it's about just going away on a boat somewhere where there is the sun and that's pretty much it always looking for the sun always looking for better place somewhere else okay so yeah a sunny sunny traveler then so what would be your sunny sunny place you want to go or stay in i would like to stay in the maldives the problem with the current situation is i just don't know what's gonna happen oh. now i have to as you know go back 
to France and just wait for the, the tourism to pick up a bit before they hired me again. Mm. So I would like to stay there, there maybe a few more years and then the project will be to go back to Paris. Really? After all those... <laughs> those crazy adventures you want to go back to Paris <laughs> yes because my partner which you interviewed wow. before me Ying Ying in Botswana exactly <laughs> uh, so I met her there she wants to move to Paris which will be another expatriation for her right definitely but probably for you too <laughs> yes I, I was thinking of that Paris, not I think, Paris. yeah, the, the going back home is never as easy as we think. Yeah. And I think the, the best way to approach it is to approach it as a new expatriation in a way, which sounds strange. but That's a really good approach. I never thought of that. No, yeah. I mean, when you come back, you think things are going to be where you left them. Only people you met have evolved. You have evolved also and you've gone in different directions and I think you come back you don't have the same references and it's all about settling in again the first six months yes you see all your friends and they're very available to see you but after that they continue their life and you're still trying to understand where your home is and they don't understand that so in a way it's a bit of a yeah new expatriation yeah. and you remember also why you left at the first place why you left and you wonder why you came back yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah that, that's yeah. tough to to come back definitely yeah you've moved all over in very different cultures and what is the thing that motivates you or that you find so exciting every time you every time you move for me it's it's just about the career it's just about the job. It's the job I want to do, so I go there. In in Botswana, it was the the aircraft mm. I wanted to fly in Africa, so I moved there. Maldives, the same. I wanted to fly this aircraft in the Maldives, so I moved there. So what's the career for Paris? Love? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. 100%. She's, she's amazing. <laughs> okay. Well, well, um, I think we're going to wrap up. Thank you very much for for joining and sharing all those experiences. I mean, they were all very different and uh, I got to learn a little bit more about aviation. Uh, we wish you all the best for the next move. Hope you get back to the Maldives as you want to. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for inviting me. That was really nice sharing all these stories with you. You're welcome. And Thank you for listening. I will link, as usual, in the comments all the different addresses, bar, restaurants, uh, the island, and also the song. Stay tuned for the next episode, and you can follow on Instagram. Thank you. Bye. Bye.